The Healthy Charleston podcast is brought to you by Made to Move Physical Therapy. Made to Move Physical Therapy specializes in helping you get out of pain and get back to doing what you love. We offer relationship-oriented, one-on-one, individualized care to all of our clients, and we believe in putting the patient's needs first. If you'd like to work with me or any of our other physical therapists at Made to Move, check out the link in the show notes and get 10% off of your first session. We have locations throughout Charleston, Mount Pleasant, West Ashley, Somerville, and Daniel Island. Don't waste another day stuck in your pain. Follow the link and schedule an appointment today. Welcome to the Healthy Charleston Podcast, where we help you take ownership of your health and fitness. My name is Hannah, and I am here to be your source of accurate health and fitness information while spreading awareness about all of the different health and fitness resources available to you in the Charleston area. Be sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. This is your host, Hannah. And on today's episode, I got to talk with Kate Moon, who is a yoga teacher here in Charleston and just a beautiful person. And I got to hear her whole story of everything that's happened in the last few months and also her story of how she found yoga and how she became sober and how she landed on her feet and how she got her first yoga teaching job and just all of these amazing steps along the way. And it really is just such an honor to be able to use this podcast to meet these amazing people and share the stories of others. And I think Kate just has such a beautiful and amazing story to share. She also shares what 2024 looks like for her with retreats and trainings and pop-ups. So I really love this conversation and I know you will too. So now Kate Moon. What's up, Kate? Hey. Hey, happy Monday. (laughs) Happy Monday. I am uh, really excited. I'm sure you've heard the term fangirl. Oh gosh. A few times, but I won't I won't go too crazy. But just really excited to finally meet you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think when we saw each other, we both were like, we feel like we know one yeah. another. And um I love that. Yeah. It's kind of a, a cool thing of social media. A hundred percent. There are blessings and curses of that whole world. Yes. Um, this being a blessing, absolutely. Yeah. And just like the the Charleston fitness community, like hearing your name over all of the years and just being like, Who is this? Who is this? And then you know, when Rach got to work with you, we were like, oh my gosh, like Kate Moon's coming. Um, oh my so gosh. You are a celebrity. You do know that. No, right? no, that's silly. I think um, <laughs> I'm kind of blushing, but um, no, I'm very much just, you know, your everyday human being that happens to love yoga. And exactly. I think people love that I love yoga so much. And, yeah. and I think that they can see that and feel that from me. And I think people get drawn to just that. Yeah. You know, seeing someone that loves what they do. Yeah. It's it's very authentic, right? And people love following like an authentic leader of like, oh, I love what she's doing. I want to be more like her. And I feel like it's just been such a genuine buildup of people following you and loving what you do and learning what you do that I'm, I'm excited to kind of like take a step back and, and look at that journey. Yeah. Yeah. I think that people I've I've always led from a place of like, this is who I am and this is where I come from. And um, I've always been so open about sharing my story about where I come from. And I think that people get attached or enraptured by by people's stories. And then they're like, well, we want to know what happens next. What happens next? And so I think um, people have kind of 
grasped on to that that story of like coming from nothing and making something. Mm -hmm. And um, I think people just get excited to see what will happen next. And I love that, you know, um, because it has been a long road and a hard road. Yeah. A beautiful road. Yeah. Um, but I think people are just like along for the ride of it all. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Before we dive in, I kind of want to like because people are listening to this, it's like February, and mm -hmm. we all kind of know what have hap what's happened in the last few months. Like yeah. elephant in the room, just like totally, <laughs> maybe like a little, just like update, like how you're feeling, and then we'll we'll move on. Yeah. So the the second flood was mid December, um, December 18th, and so I've had a little time to to process it, um, to kind of step back and process it, um, and and make the really hard but necessary decision not to reopen the studio. And that announcement was really hard, I think, because I just felt like I failed at first. I felt like I was disappointing a lot of people. Um, and I never want to feel like a failure. And, you know, that was the initial emotional response that I had about myself and about the whole situation. And at at this point, it's like, I know I didn't fail. It was, in fact, like very successful. I was just dealt a very crappy hand uh, of cards and um from from some dishonest people and um and that was hard and that was hurtful where i'm at now is just i uh, day by day i take it one day at a time some days are hard some days are good some days i feel still defeated and a little bit lost as far as like that was right my plan for my career and it was the long term plan and then that's not it anymore. So, you know, taking a step back and and allowing myself to not fixate on on the long-term plan right now and just look at it in bite-sized pieces. Like, what can I do right now today? What can I do this month? What can I just focus on this year to just give myself grace and and survive for a moment as opposed to be like, what does 10 years from now oh look like, you know? Yeah. And I was at a point where I could plan that way. And I, I did plan that way. But, you know, one of my favorite sayings, and it's so cliche, but it just hits every time is like, you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plan. Oh, gosh. You know yeah. what I mean? And, yeah. you know, or insert whatever term you use for God there. You, you want to hear the universe laugh, tell the universe yeah. your tell plan. Tell him your master and plan. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what happened. And, you know, I try to get myself in the mindset every day is like, okay, you know, you were just meant for more. You were meant for something bigger and you're not sure what that is right now. And that's okay. Just remain open to the possibility of what could become and, and what's going to present itself in front of you. Um, so, you know, I, I've, I've said a couple of times, like when with pivot, there is great opportunity. And um, so I look forward to, to what's to come. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm sure like that's a, it's a very valuable, positive mindset, but a very tough mindset to to finally get, you know, like when yeah. you're in the the trenches and when you're in the dark and it's heavy and it's like, oh my gosh, the the thing that I thought that I was like building towards, because like we all we really want is like security and certainty. It's like why COVID sucked so much for so many people, because it was like, oh, you have a plan. Mm -hmm. Oh no, you don't. No, you don't. And like you. We always think that we're in control and we're just not. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. You know, it's like that is the only thing I can control right now is how I'm responding to all of this and how I'm choosing yeah. to show up for myself. And I'm such a person that 
that wants to give to so many people and show up for other people so big. You know, I had to give myself a couple weeks to to grieve and to be okay with not showing up for other people because I just had nothing to say that was positive and I had nothing to give and I needed to allow myself to move through that. Mm -hmm. And, and that was hard because I am a doer and a giver and I got really down on myself even more. So, you know, on the days where I just laid on the couch and I'm like, you're, you know, you're a piece of shit. Why can't you do lazy or why can't you just bounce back from this? Like you've done harder things in life. You know, and I would have to text my sister who is, you know, my better half and just say like, is it okay that I lay on the couch just one more day? And she's like, yes. And I just needed that permission, that external permission a little bit from people who know me best. And I had some hard weeks. And again, it's one day at a time. Some days I feel great. Like today's a great day and tomorrow might not be great, you know, and that's okay. Um, But we just put one foot in front of the other and and do the best we can with what we have on any given day. And that's all I'm trying to do right now. And that's yeah. exactly what I would tell any of my clients, any of my students, any of my friends is, is just make the the next right decision. Exactly. You know, make the best decision with the information that you have right now, knowing what you value in life. Like, I think we get really wrapped up in needing this big vision, this big goal. But like, I would say, Definitely for me, sounds like for you, what you thought you were going to be doing, even like last year, five years, 10 years ago, what you thought your future would look like is not what it looks like. Oh my gosh, no. So it's like we make these plans and like, we're like, well, in five years, like, you know, we just had our team retreat and we come up with someday goals and fives and threes and ones. And like, it's so fun. It's great. It's motivating. But I'm like, who knows what someday looks like? Who knows what what obstacle, who knows what opportunity you'll get. Like the best you can do is know what is important to you, what you value in life and just take one step. And if you just do that over and over and over again, you know, hopefully you get to the point where because it's based on your values, you find something that is authentic to you. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a balance of, for me, um, you know, you and I had talked about this a little bit of, for me, I try and what does my community need, right? Like how can I be of service to them? Like with the the tools, the knowledge, the the professionalism or expertise that I have, what do they need? But like, what do I need and what do I want to give? And, and it's kind I give? what can I give? And it's meeting somewhere in the middle of, of not giving too much and like people pleasing which I, I'm recovering from a lot of things in life and people pleasing yeah. is one of them, constantly right? Constantly recovering. Um, constantly <laughs> recovering from people pleasing. Um, but, you know, wanting to show up in that authentic way. And it's like, I hear you, I see you. Let me hear and see myself yeah. too for a moment. And and that's what this these last like two months have looked like since since that last flood. And um, still still working it out. But. Yeah. Definitely. More will be revealed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I bet, especially with social media, like there's just such a pressure that even when you're down, you have to share that you're down Mm. now because it's like, oh, we have to show up on the good days and the bad days now. But it's like on the bad days, like you don't want to look at your phone. Like you don't want to scroll. You don't want to share. You don't want to post that. I like you you mentioned a word like grief, Mm -hmm. like you're going through grief. And it's like, if someone passes, like we, we feel this pressure 
of like immediately posting how we feel about it, but it's like, let yourself feel it. Like yes. let yourself process it. Yeah. And I, I, I fully understand what you mean about like the reassurance that you need, like the permission, mm-hmm. like, no, Kate, you have permission. It's like when we're sick, like, can I take today off? You know, we have such a hard time giving that to ourselves that like, I'm always like, I have to ask Elliot. I'm like, what do you think? Do, like I'm a right. fever on the couch dying. Like, do you think I should go into work today? Right. Well, it's like this society has made this shift of like, if we do more, we we are more, right? I've got to do more to be more. And um, it's hard to turn the volume of that voice down, Yeah, you know? And it's like, no, I need to sit still for a moment because uh, the only way I can be more to others is to be more for myself. Yeah. And I've got to be here for myself right now and evaluate my own situation or else I can't be anything for anybody else. Yeah. You know, but to the point of social media, you know, it it is. I, again, you know, had those days where I just got so down on myself of like, I've got to share. I've got to like I say something. People. I've got to update people. And and I was very quiet for a long time, you know, um, because I just, again, I had nothing to yeah. say. There was just nothing to say. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. And like, that's okay. I think I notice it ironically when people, businesses, whatever, feel the need to post, hey, I'm taking a social media break. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I feel the pressure, like we're going to Asheville next week. And I'm like, should I tell everyone that I won't be posting on social media? And I'm like, wait, no one will care. Yeah. And like, no one will notice. Right. And like, do I need to justify that I'm taking a few days off and like, there just won't be content, you right. know? And right. It's an interesting thing. It and I understand why yeah. people do it. But I always, now I feel the pressure to tell people that I won't be there. And like, hey, sorry, here's why I wasn't here. I was on vacation. Like, they have plenty of other things to look at on Instagram. Right. You know, like, we'll oh, be okay. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. I feel that. To pivot a little bit, because we were talking about, like, what is the next step and what are the next few months like? Like, you know, you posted last night or yesterday or something recently that was really exciting. Like, what are the next few months look like for you? What are you working on? What are you excited about? Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate and grateful that prior – to starting this venture of opening a yoga studio, I already had another aspect of my business. I already had these yoga retreats that everyone was loving um, and really just excited about. And so the natural step for me felt like, okay, well, I only gave myself three of those for this year because I thought I was going to be here for the studio. So those are sold out. Let me just add a couple more on and, and, that felt like possibility yeah. had been opened for that. You know, one door closes, another opens. Now and, I can do and this. And that was the next obvious thing for me, you know, is look at that schedule of what you already have on the books and and where is their space and at what venues can you host at? A couple weeks ago, I, I announced that I was adding two more retreats. And so one will be a, a localish retreat in the Highlands. So in, in the Highlands of North Carolina, I rented out like this luxury kind of oh. farm that's like Magnolia Network, Chip and Joanna Gaines. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, very beautiful. Oh, it's in yeah. like Southern Living when Magazine. When you say Chip and Joanna, I'm like, I'm sold. Oh, like, yeah, you done. Got me. That, like yeah. enough said, period. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so they worked on that property. It's called Flat Mountain Farm. And it's like three separate log cabin sort of situations. But 
very Chip and Joanna Gaynash, yeah. you know, just gorgeous. And they're, they're more of like a wedding and event venue. I'm like literally planning my wedding right now. I'm like, this sounds Oh, great. it would be perfect. It's mm. absolutely stunning. And I reached out to them and I just said, have you ever had like yoga and wellness retreats there? And they were like, say more. Yeah, please, <laughs> you know? love this. And so we we got that in the bag. And so um, that'll be April 10th through the 14th. So like a long luxury weekend. Yeah. I feel like, you know, for the people who are like, I can't take 15 yeah. days off to go to the other side of the world, yeah. Kate. Like, you know, that's not in my but wheelhouse right now. But I still want right wellness. <laughs> but I still want wellness. I still need a reset. Yeah. Like that's for these like, people. Mark my calendar. Yeah, <laughs> please mark your calendar. And then um, I did announce another big uh, yeah. uh, international retreat in Greece, which I'm really, really excited about. That's been on my bucket list. Oh, and you was, haven't been there yet? No, I haven't been there yet. Okay. And I was planning it for 2025. And I was just like, well, bump we're, it right we're up. doing it now. And found a venue that had one week left available oh, wow. for a retreat. And I said, I'll take it. And it puts me in a little bit of a, a bind, um, you know, with my schedule because uh, – uh -oh. I said, I said, I have to fly straight from Greece to Chile for my next yeah. retreat. And I'm like, no, I get to. What a sentence. Yeah. Like yeah. rough life. You know, um, I worked really hard to get there and it's very energetically giving on these retreats, oh, right? Like yeah. eight days, you are on 24 seven for eight days and multiple classes a day and Definitely. holding this emotional container and yeah. a spiritual container. And at the end of it, I usually stay where I'm, you know, wherever I'm at in the world for at least like four days to not talk to anybody yeah, just and rest. just like let it all land in my body. So to go back to back from Greece to Chile, it'll be a lot, um, but I'm very excited for it. Yeah. And and also, you know, I, I'm kind of in a position where I don't have another choice right now. Like I have to make finance, like I need income somehow because of the studio. Um, you know, those loans don't stop. Yeah. You know, so it's just kind of like, okay, here we go. Buckle Whatever up. it takes right now, yeah. I've got to do it. And how beautiful is it that what it takes is to see the world and do what I love. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of one of the main pivots. And um, I'm going to be hosting some pop-ups, one or two scheduled in February and um, kind of doing those around town. I'm going to try and do them in different areas, you know, one a month downtown, one a month in Mount Pleasant sort of thing and and get back into being a face here locally in Charleston and, and holding space that way. And then uh, yoga teacher trainings. Yeah. So that's just kind of another area of my business. So I'll host two of those this year as well. Oh, wow. yeah. um, so one starting actually in a couple of weeks at the end of February, oh, okay. which is yeah. an advanced sequencing training. So for like the arty yoga teacher yeah. who just wants to get a little bit more creative, think outside the box and freshen things up. And then my 200 hour yoga teacher training begins at the end of June. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot, Yeah. you know, in a short amount of time, I was just kind of like, Okay, here we go. Sign up. Yes, yes, Sign yes. Sign up. Let's do it all. And and I'm sure I'll add more as the year unfolds. Um, but right now yeah. that's that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. That's I mean, that sounds like a full year. It is. You know? it, it actually quite is a full year and um and I'm excited. So Yeah. Yeah. With these retreats, so we have the Highlands. I know there's Morocco in May. Yep. When's Greece? So Greece isn't until late September. So actually the lineup is Highlands, Morocco, and then um, Banff National Park oh. up in Canada. Is Rachel going to that one too? Rachel's going to that one I'm too. I'm like, I know her schedule. It sounds like she's going to both. Morocco and Banff. <laughs> That's yeah, great. so great. 
after Banff is Greece and then Chile. Chile. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. That's great amazing. places in the world. Yeah. And um, all places that I've never been to. Oh, you've never been to any of them? No. Okay. So you'll no. be learning and experiencing it too. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's part of the beauty of it all too, is that we're all seeing it through the same lens, you know? And I, I've I've hosted retreats where I've been to the venue before or been to the city or town. And there's something to be said for that as well, because I'm like, I can give a lot of people resources or referrals or go get coffee here or do this or do that. But there's something so magical when when we're all in awe. On awe, yeah. And, and in wonder that first time. There's just a, there's a different vibrancy. Everyone's on the same inspiration wavelength. And um, it's just really powerful. So I'm very, very excited yeah. to to witness all of it. Yeah, it's yeah. something about like experiencing it together for the first time. Mm-hmm. That like the the bonding of that rather than them feeling like, oh, well, she's already been here. Like she knows. So I can't really talk to her about it. It's like now, like, no, like it kind of like you're all on the same level. Yeah, now. exactly. It's, it's yeah. really, really just kind of like a sacred experience to have together. Yeah. yeah. So what is a yoga retreat like? Like, what is the week like? What are you doing? What are you working on? Yeah. What is that like? So I think, you know, every yoga teacher, I'm sure, kind of has a different way of doing it. But for me, I like to combine ceremony with yoga teachings, with svadhyaya, which is self-study work, with cultural experiences and, and adventure. So um, I always host a, a really beautiful opening ceremony. I A lot of the, the retreats, I ask people to bring like an all-white or ivory outfit. Um, in yoga, we call it satsang, which is like kind of this devotional sacred ceremony of, of truth. And so we kind of like wear white to represent that purity that we're entering this circle with or entering this week with, right? Pure intentions, pure heart. Um, and it's really, really beautiful. And we kind of open our retreats with that. The next days can look anything like yoga twice a day. I do like a, a very energetic morning practice. I usually tell people, I think I usually put on the schedule like a 90 minute morning class, but it's usually sometimes people are like, um, God, I'm so hungry. I'm like, yeah, you've just been moving for two and a half hours. And people are like, what? what? It's like, what just happened? But you get so lost when you're, you're like, like flowing. going, like grazing over the islands of Greece. Like, and that's your view. You're yeah. just like, time is not a thing. Yeah, that's wild. And it's so beautiful because we're in this culture of like 45 minute class, two minute shavasana, gotta go in and out. You have in two and minutes out. left, you're done. And it's like, no. Absolutely not. Like we're here to retreat and to go inward and get in contact with our bodies and our our emotions behind the physical body. So when I see people in it, I'm just like, we're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep going. Yeah, we have time. Like that's the whole point. Yes, that's yeah. You have nowhere to to be. Yes, and it's so beautiful. So mornings are usually like breath work, journaling, movement, and then a big, delicious, healthy brunch. The best thing about retreat for me, is the food. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Most of the time, we're eating cleaner on retreat oh, than we are at home. Yeah. You know? Um, so big brunch. And then we usually have free time or I have a planned activity, whether that's like we're going on a waterfall hike or we're jumping on a boat to go island hopping. This sounds amazing. 100%. Like heavenly. Yeah, it's like out of a movie. Yeah. Sure. My yeah. goodness. And then... 
we usually come back for an afternoon practice. My afternoon practices vary. Sometimes it's slow flow. Um, sometimes it's yen, yoga nidra, anything like that. Um, and a group workshop. So my rise workshops are um, that svadhyaya, that self-study bit that um, I challenge people to really like look at themselves and go inward. Like, okay, why are you really here? And if it's just to like do yoga and look at the islands, great. And I'm going to call you on your bullshit. It's definitely, it's always more than that. It's always yeah. more than that. And I feel like that's the beautiful thing about the yoga practice is because myself included, right? I found it for this like physical release. I was like, okay, I want to move my body and get all these, I call them isms, right? Of the body, <laughs> like all the isms out of my body. So just so, right? To move, right? Like that's and where it's like it this, uh, yeah, this uh, exercise or mm -hmm. whatever. Quotation marks. Yeah. Exercise. Quote, quote, <laughs> exercise. And then you meet yourself and you're like, oh, wait a second. There's like a lot more here. There's a lot more. And I can remember my very first yoga class and that was the feeling I had. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even know what Warrior Two yeah. was, right? When I took my first public yoga class, it was here in Charleston. And um, I took that first class and it was like something about like, I could hear other people breathing and some of their sweat was getting on me. And like, I was totally lost. I'm like, what did she just say? What is that word? But I was so empowered at the same time. And it was through these physical postures that I just had this emotional release. And I was crying for what I, th I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. Why right am now, I crying? I'm crying. Yeah. And that was what, when I realized like, whoa, there's like a lot here for me. And, and I want more of it because there's obviously something that's being like shed. Something to unpack. Um, something to unpack <laughs> here. So when people come on retreat and they're like, oh, I just, you know, I like yoga. And I'm like, mm-hmm. You can do yoga at home. Right. Why did you need to come Correct. away from everything? And those are the people that I'm just like, you know, like, ooh. <laughs> I'm going to make you cry. Yeah. Like, I can't wait to see yeah. who you are in eight days. Ooh, I cannot yeah. wait to meet you. Oh. You yeah. know, and it's just such an honor and it's so beautiful. And, you know, I used to have this standard rise workshop that, um, I took people through for the first couple years that I hosted retreat. It was work that I was doing in my own life. Um, and it was a way to look at just our anger and our resentments that we tend to carry around as people. Uh, I think we all carry resentments and some of them are big, right? Like trauma based resentments or grief-based resentments, anything like that. But some of them are small things and we feel guilty over saying like, I resent you for this. But it's like, well, if you're feeling icky about it, like obviously there's more there. So let's get to the bottom of it so that you can leave here feeling lighter and feeling free and feeling like you've risen up from that, right? And that's why I called them rise retreats. And so the self-study format looked like that at first was like, Let's unpack all of it. I want you to write every resentment you have on paper. Oh, brain dump it Every out. resentment. Yeah. And if you if it crosses your mind, write it down because it crossed it's your there. mind on purpose. It's still there. Something's lingering, you know? And then I'd have them talk about it in like one-on-ones or small groups or sometimes in front of the whole group if if they felt like they were ready for that. And then we would, we would say like, okay, um, I hear that that's what this person did or how you feel regarding this action or this thing that happened, 
let's look at how you responded to it. Let's look at how you showed up in that situation because you can't control that person, but you can control how you respond, right? So a lot of the time it was like, oh, well, have you considered this or have you looked at it from this perspective? So it was a way for the community to come together and provide different perspective um, from people that didn't even really know you. Yeah. So there was an unbiased opinion. Yeah. And it was just like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm going to call you on your bullshit because I don't really know you. Yeah. <laughs> but I love you because I'm here to do this work as well. Right. And I respect you and honor you. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you what I see. And then how does that feel? How, how does that feel hearing that? You know, and probably not really good. Right. Well, self can't see self sometimes. Yeah. Because we're so emotionally attached to our baggage or to our trauma or to our resentments that we just only see it one way. So having these conversations with other people, it was just like lights were going off for people. And and not to mention, once we did sh- start to share in groups, people realized how not alone they were. Oh, yeah. They thought they were the only one carrying that. And then like, God, I remember years ago in Mexico, it was like eight other hands shot up in the air and all these women were like, me too. Yeah. And all of a sudden that girl just was like, oh my gosh, here's my tribe. They see me. They understand me. I'm not, I'm not broken. There's not something wrong with me. Correct. It's, yeah, you feel And it's okay to feel angry and it's okay to feel resentful and it's okay to let it go. Yeah. It's okay to heal from it. It's okay to find forgiveness or acceptance around a situation. Um, and so it was kind of um, a workshop on on looking at ourselves and looking at the experiences that we've had as human beings and saying like, okay, how can I show up differently? If I, if I need to change a reaction, if I need to change who, who I'm being for other people, um, it was kind of a way to look in the mirror a little bit. It's like intensive therapy. Yeah, it was. And it was really, really beautiful. And sometimes I still do those workshops. But for instance, last year in Portugal and Bali, the RISE workshop was more focused on a parigraha, which is a yogic step um, or yogic foundation, foundational principle, which is like non-attachment and letting go which is similar, right? Letting go of things, um, letting go of people, letting go of whatever it is that we're holding on to. We did cord cutting ceremonies and fire burning ceremonies and, you know, and I don't know what this year will be. It's kind of like, what am I feeling? What am I calling in? What do I feel is authentic for me to share? And can I hold space for it? Yeah. So we'll see what the workshops are this year. We'll mix them up. I imagine... How much work goes into not just planning a retreat, but then hosting the retreat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of these retreats, I start planning about a year in advance, right? All the logistics yeah. and getting the price points together. I mean, you're like a travel agent. The activities. I'm a travel agent <laughs> yeah. and a yoga teacher, right? And I love it. Some I've talked to other yoga teachers and they're like, do you use an agency to plan your retreats? I'm like, no, I do it all. Yeah. They're like, How? Yeah. I don't have the time for that. And I'm like, because I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. And having those conversations myself with the retreat centers and other like little tour organizations over in Greece or wherever it is that I'm going, I get to build these relationships yeah. with people personally. So when I show up like years ago in Peru, when I showed up in Peru yeah. and I got to meet the host for the first time, 
it was like a family yeah, member like already. We've been talking for a year. We had been talking. Well, with that case, we had been talking for multiple years. Oh wow! I was supposed to host uh, in COVID, yeah. and then it got pushed back, and it got pushed back. So we had been. You're in like contact finally, for three I'm like years. so great to see you. Yeah, yeah. And it was. He was like a brother. Oh, you yeah. Know? And so it's even it's rewarding for me mm-hmm. in that way, and. I think that's why I love it so much is because I get to a place and it doesn't feel foreign. It feels yeah. like home because I've already built relationships with people. Yeah. And and that's my hope is that when when I take this people overseas with me too and I can introduce them to what I would say, yeah, your here's family. my brother Fernando or who's here's this person that it's family and then they've got connections and they've got a safe landing place. I think it just makes it all feel like a safer like container. Versus like mm-hmm. I'm staying in a hotel because this is temporary and oh, I miss home. This isn't the same. Right, like, or I've never had a conversation with this person before. Yeah. You know, like it's like, no, I know, I know this person's three kids' names already. Yeah. You know? So it just it feels yeah, it just feels like home. Yeah. More yeah. homey. Yeah. yeah. How many people are usually on these retreats? It varies on the venues. I've hosted smaller ones from like 12 to 14. I think Morocco will be 14. Peru, I had 28 people. Oh. Woo, it was so big. Yeah. Um, I was amazed at how well everyone got along. I was a little nervous going yeah. into it with that many people. Everyone was just so grateful to be there. Yeah. I think when you take people somewhere like that, people yeah. are just so dang grateful. Same thing with Bali. I had 23. Oh, man. Well, and like the type of person who goes on something like that, like they have these shared values and shared experiences enough to have a a foundation of like, we're both here for a reason. Right. We can bond over that reason. Yes. Yeah. That's always the hope, right? That's yeah. always the hope is that that's how people are arriving. Yeah. You're always nervous. Like, are there going to be a couple people that just like don't yeah. mesh or fit in? And sometimes there are, you know, and, and that's part of – the process uh, as the facilitator is like, how do I invite this person in and, you know, kind of mesh them all together and 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 honor them ha- taking space if that's what yeah. they need, yeah. you know? So it's like a dance, you know, oh, yeah, with a lot of different personalities and a lot of different <laughs> people, you yes. know? Um, full on week but vacation. But again, it's just such an honor. It's... It's a week of just on, 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 on. And then when you finally get that big exhale, mm-hmm. it's there's nothing more rewarding to me, for me, than to witness these people like truly look at themselves and look at what their life is and just be in awe. I mean, God, that's like, that's the good stuff in life to be able to look at yourself and look at your life and just be like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. You know, and and hope and give them the tools so that when they come home to their everyday life, they can continue to look at their life yeah. that way, you know. And that's why we try and work through those isms there, yeah. you know, so that they can come back feeling like, okay, I got that out in a beautiful place with some beautiful people. And now I'm here and I'm present fully to my life and all that it is. And I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, it's like the – I feel like a vacation often – we use it to escape and then we just kind of come back and everything is the same. Right. And this kind of vacation allows you to come back and things are different and things are better. Things are intentional because we don't really take that time to, you know, have a vision, to be intentional, to think, to dream, to reflect, to self-assess unless 
we force ourselves to take that time. 100%. Yeah. We can just say that we're going to, but like, we don't do that in the day to day. We're, we're all way too, you know, busy. Exactly. And that's why the 45 hour classes in and out, in and out, in and yeah. out. And it's like, but did you pause to actually feel what happened in that hour? <laughs> no, I don't want to feel no. it. No. I, yeah. I got to go to work after exactly. this. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's, that's why I love retreat so much is because yeah. you pull people out of there every day and they are with themselves. Right. And, and they can't run from it and it scares a lot of people. And then they thank you at yeah. the end of it. Like the know? life change that probably comes from those events. Like you're helping people create a new path. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a running joke for a couple years now. I have a lot of return like yeah. customers that continue to go on retreat with me and in opening circle, sometimes people will joke, okay, well, you're on a Kate Moon yoga retreat. You're probably like 80% of you are going to go home and quit your job. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you just like, yeah, you're met with like, what, what do I value? Yeah. You know, how do and I want to live how my am life? I being treated? How do I want to be treated? Yeah. Right. What feels good? What doesn't feel good? And, and where can I create space for myself to level up? Yeah. And sometimes that looks like people coming home and, oh, and for sure. leaving because they're not being treated right at, at a place of employment or whatever it looks like. Or they want to take a chance on on being an entrepreneur or building their dream or whatever it looks like. But it's a running joke and it's really funny. Yeah. If I could have had this like right before college and then like right after college, you know, like this time where we normally just kind of make the make the next step because we were told this is what the next step is. Right. Now this would really allow you to figure out your own next step. But how many spots are for the Highlands one? Let's see. Highlands, I think I have 16. Okay. 16 spots. It's a beautiful venue. It's spread out. Like I said, it's like three different separate houses. Yeah. Um, And so every house has its own kitchenette and yeah. living room and fireplace. And so it's – I like the layout because you can come together, but you can also retreat. Or just also like a vacation in general. It's nice mm -hmm. to be able to like, you know, be together when you want to be together, but then also feel like you can have that alone time. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's great. So I know you've talked before about like the retreats, man. Like you just, you love them. You feel like they're, they're such an honor. And I'd love to figure out where on the path you started retreats and why you started retreats. But before that, I want to take it even further back. Yeah, they okay. I I know where to go with this because they kind of go in hand in hand honestly. I was a fairly new yoga teacher and the power of Instagram, this is a blessing. I had someone reach out to me on Instagram and say, "Hey, I really like what you're putting out into, you know, like your honesty. I was talking about my sobriety a lot yeah. on Instagram." Because that's where I was. I was only a few years sober and that was all very new to me. And I was navigating that and I was sharing very openly about it and and how I found yoga and what it was doing and aiding my sobriety um, because it was helping me a lot in that in that journey. And he said, I really like what you're putting out there. Um, I myself too am sober and I run a small like retreat house in Sedona, Arizona. Have you ever considered hosting a retreat? And I said, my response to him was, I don't think anyone would come. Wow. When was that? Oh, gosh, maybe 2017 okay. or 18. Yeah. yeah. And um, I said, I don't think anyone would come. Oh, man. And he said, well, I think I think you have a voice and I think you have something to share he with the world. He found you on Instagram. Correct. Lives in Arizona. Yeah. 
he lived in California. Oh, yeah. He lived in California and found me, I think from a hashtag, like sober, <laughs> sober yogi sober or living. something. You know yeah. what I mean? Something like that. And, um, but he part-time hosted this retreat space in Sedona and he found me. And I, he said, well, I think you have something to say. And I think you should think about yeah. this. And I said, okay, let me take some time to think about this. And he told me what the deposit would be to like hold the space, which was like, that would have wiped out my, it was like, Everything. it would wipe me out, my yeah. bank account. And so I was like, let me think about this for a couple of days. And so I thought about it and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to take this risk. I talked to a couple of my students and they were like, we would go, we would go. And I was like, all right. Yeah, okay. I got some momentum. All right. Some people like me. So I say I get, put the deposit down and and that was my first retreat and nine people came. Yeah. Yeah. See? And that Amazing. was just Yeah, that was just the first step and I loved it. I just felt so on fire and so inspired and honored that these people would invest their time and their money and things like that into me. And like, I didn't make a dime off that yeah. first retreat. I was probably in debt from that <laughs> yeah, first exactly. retreat. If I were to like really <laughs> go back and look even. at the finances, I had no idea what I was doing. But I loved it so much. And and so, you know, from there, I just kind of started hosting w- one at a time, one, one per year um, and things like that. So yeah, that's kind of how that all started. Someone messaged you on Instagram. Yes, wow. a, a sober, I feel sober like brother. How many things in the last, you know, like ten years have happened because of a DM on Instagram? And like for for us, probably like three or four of our PTs are because of a DM on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's powerful. Amazing. Yeah, it's wild. And I think about like, gosh, God, when I first got a cell phone. Yeah. When I was you couldn't go on the internet. Was, no. It was like, oh gosh, oh no, get it out of that. It was like that little snake <laughs> game on Nokia. <laughs> or like the Blackberry uh, brick. Oh my or whatever. gosh. Yeah. All of those. Like in college, I had um, a Nextel that like you could walkie talkie on. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a, yeah. Like how wild is it that everything is just, you know, press of a button. Yeah, connected. Again, blessing and curses. Exactly. But yeah. um, I've had a lot of blessings through through the online community and you know quite frankly I don't think yeah I don't think I would be here today without that his name was Corey Miller Corey we still stay in touch um and he he just fought uh, a long bout of brain cancer oh, and man. um he's he survived and it's just been beautiful to watch his story yeah. over these last few years of resiliency and just god what a warrior he was and I'm so just like grateful for him yeah. every day that he he saw something in me that I didn't see yeah. in myself. Yeah, we all know? need that person. We all need that person. And and I try and be that now as much as I can for other younger yoga teachers. I'm still new. I'm still a young Right. You're teacher. like, I'm still learning. Yeah, How like I'm still learning. I'm, in the grand scheme of things, like people have been teaching f- way longer than I have. But I do, you know, I see some young girls in their 20s who are – you know, just getting started in yoga. And that's how I hired my staff for Flow State. I went and took classes, people who I'd never heard their names. And um, I just said, like, you have a voice and you know what you're doing. And this is really powerful. And and do you want to come do this with me yeah. and for me? And and let's grow together. Yeah. And that's how I kind of picked my staff for Flow State. And it was beautiful. But I'd love to know a little bit more about your story. Mm, yeah. yeah. If you want to dive in. Well, let's see. My story. Like, how did you find 
yoga. Yeah. So I moved to Charleston. I've been here about nine and a half years now. And I moved to Charleston on a whim. I had never been here before. Never thought about Charleston. I grew up in South Florida. Oh, what part? um, I grew up on the Gulf Coast in Fort Myers and Naples. Okay, yeah. And lived in Miami and Fort Lauderdale. Went to college in Jacksonville Beach. Like, I'm such a Florida girl. People make fun of me for it all the time. And people hate on Florida. They hate on and, like, Florida. And like the Gulf Coast is beautiful. I get like, sent all the memes Florida. of like Florida man arrested on tractor with alligator, you know, and I'm just like, <laughs> you could say that on. about South yeah. Carolina too. You could say it about anywhere. Yeah. But anyways, I'll take it. I'm Florida girl through and through. But I had just been released from a 90 day rehab. I hit a bottom when I was living in Fort Lauderdale Beach that had been a long journey to the bottom. There were many, many times in in my addiction and my alcoholism where my family, I think, thought that this has got to be it. This has got to be her rock bottom. And I was like, no, still got gas digging. in this tank. <laughs> Try me, you know. Um, arrests, DUIs, like everything. And um, I was just like, no, I'm. this is who I am. And I genuinely believed that. I, you know, I grew up the the daughter of an alcoholic, an addict, and um, it runs really, really deep in my Irish family. And and I just saw it a lot. And I, when I realized that I was drinking and drugging a lot, I just had this mindset of like, this is who I am. Yeah. And this was the and hand I was dealt. This way. And I'll always be this way. So with that mindset, I just kept going deeper and harder all the time until I think I just got exhausted. I think um, I I don't really remember asking for help, but it was like the middle of a day, Tuesday maybe, middle of the day, broad daylight, and I was blacked out. And I guess I called my dad. So, anyways, I I made the decision to go uh, admit myself to rehab, and the only choice, you know, my dad. <laughs> I woke up and my dad was at my house. I was like, what are you doing here? He's like, you called me. And I was like, oh. Did I? So he's like, at this point, your only options are 30, 60, or 90 days. Ooh. Yeah. And at that point, it was like this gut-wrenching feeling of like, okay, my secret's out. Of course, they knew for years. They were like waiting for the phone call of me to ask for help. But I was like, I'll never be able to drink around them again because they're always going to be looking at me a certain way. Um, And so I- How old were you at the time? uh, I guess 26 or 27. I've been sober nine and a half years. So moved to Charleston. You know, I've been sober ever since I've been in Charleston. And I just said 90 days, dad, because I knew when I'm an addict. So if I'm going to do something, I'm going to go big or go home, right? And so I'm like- (laughs) Put me in, coach. And I said 90 days. And I genuinely knew that, like, if I'm going to do this, I've got to try and save my own life right now. Because if I go for 30 days and I'm let out, you know, I'm just going to go right back to it. I cannot be trusted right now. And I knew that about myself. Yeah. And thank goodness um, I said 90 days. So the, the rehab center I went to was in South Carolina. And it was in... Two double wide trailers in the middle of nowhere. No way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we didn't have money. I didn't have money to do this. Yeah. And and my family pitched in some money and, and got me in there. But like, yeah, I could have gone to something fancy in West Palm Beach right. or like yeah. all these places. But like, cool. I would have never wanted to leave because you give me like 
massages and pools or whatever that looks like. Like, why would I want to leave? Like, I will stay here and you can continue to pay my bills, you know. But no, I went to two double wide trailers in the middle of nowhere. They advertised a lake. It was very much a pond. (laughs) (laughs) And I did the freaking work, you know. Um, It was run by an ex-military man. So it was like, get up, make your bed, do your chores, don't talk back, go for a run and sit down, shut up, and listen. Exactly what you needed. And yeah, combined uh, the 12 steps. Um, It was a narcotic anonymous program. I went to an NA program. Um, I combined the 12 steps with CBT therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. You know, something worked. Yeah. You know, I got out and again, I was like, "I'm I'm not ready yet. I need to be watched. And so I came to Charleston because they had an all women's halfway house um, that was kind of like, you know, for people like me that had been released from rehab but weren't ready to be on their own. And so um, I went and lived in a halfway house and that's how I ended up in Charleston. Wow. And and so I got to this halfway house and they were like, here's five dollars. Here's a bus schedule. Figure it out. You have to go to an AA meeting every day or an NA meeting. Get a piece of paper signed that says you went and you stayed till the end. And if you don't get that signed, you don't have a place to sleep today. Dang. And I was like, okay. So $5 goes really fast. It's like two bus rides. Yeah. And I wasn't allowed to have a job yet. That was part of the program. Like, you're not ready to work. We don't trust you. And I was like, fair. Valid. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> um, the only way for me to get to the closest sobriety meeting was to walk or run. So I started running and I ran nine miles to get to a meeting oh, and then I would run nine back. Sometimes people would take me home. Sometimes yeah. people would give me bus fare. Um, but sometimes I was doing like 18 miles a day. Yeah. And um, I started getting faster and faster. Yeah. And so one day I was like early for this meeting. And I was like, oh, I got time to kill. I'm going to keep running. So I ran down what I now know as King Street. Didn't oh, know what wow. King Street was at the time and passed a yoga studio. Huh. And I was like, oh, yoga. And my sister had taught me some basic yoga things, how to breathe and do sun salutations. Because when I was in rehab, I was talking about like like restless leg syndrome. And she's like, you, your energy needs to get out of your body. And so she showed me some basic yoga stuff. So I was like, yoga, I know yoga. So I stopped at that yoga studio and they had flyers outside of the door. And sure enough, they were about to host a free community class. So I was like, I'm going to stay. I can do free. Um, and I'll go to a later meeting. And so that was the yoga that class. That was your first yoga class. That was my first yoga Remember class. Remember where it was? And, oh, yeah. It was at Charleston Power Yoga. Oh, wow. It was a power class with Bethany, who is still a dear friend of mine and mentor of mine. Yeah. She came to my grand opening day at my yoga studio. Yeah. Which wild. she lives in Kentucky. So that was yeah. wild yeah. to see her come in. And um, that was the class where I was like, what just happened? And like, I need more of I that. need more of this. So I went to Bethany after class. I didn't know her name at the time. And I, I was crying and I was like, I'm just trying to stay sober and I don't have any money. And like, help me, I need this. And she was like, yeah, clean our floors, do our laundry. You could do all the yoga you want. And so that's wow. what I did. So that's what I did. Oh my gosh. And that's how I got into yoga. Wow. Yeah. What a wild story. You wild. realize like wild. Wild. And I honestly, I have no other way to describe it other than the universe guiding me there and doing for me what I didn't know how to do for myself. Just like all these steps along the way, like 
double wide trailers in South Carolina, had to run. So then you ran a little further on King Street. And we all know where that spot is, you know, and walked in. And then from there, like, what a life change. It was literally just like divine intervention. Yeah. It was just like, you need this. I'm going to put it right in front of you. And And like the people along the way mm -hmm. to help you out. Yeah. It was just... I still sometimes I'm like, is this my life? Did that happen? Yeah. You know what how I mean? How did I get here? How did I get here? But that's how I found yoga. And I just fell in love with it. And I was just like, I need more of this. I don't know what it's doing, but it's somehow healing me and teaching me about myself all at the same time. And that's the place I took my very first teacher training as well. Yeah. It was Charleston Power Yoga a couple of years later. Wow. Mm-hmm. And when did you get out of the halfway house? Um, so that was unfortunate. I moved into the halfway house in October. And then in February, we found out that the house was foreclosing. Oh, no. And so all it was supposed to be an 18-month program. Oh, and then wow. all of a sudden, they were like, you have two weeks to find somewhere to live. And I had no money. I think I had $700. I know I had $700 because I went to a sobriety meeting and I was talking about that situation. I'm like, I have like a week and a half to find somewhere to live. And, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't sharing as a, as a form of like, give me somewhere to live. I was just like, I need people to know where I'm at because I'm scared and I might yeah. drink or use drugs yeah. right now. And I just need to tell people where I'm at. Yeah. And someone approached me after that meeting and was like, I have a room that's furnished for $700. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, well, I have 703. I have. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I have $3. And he was sober as well, and um so I moved into his place and then just kept going. I got a job and I just I had a bicycle at that point. Okay. I had right, a bicycle. Yeah. And I, so I had some wheels and I would bike to work with my yoga mat strapped to my back yeah. that the that the yoga studio gifted me. And I would bike to work and then I'd bike to yoga and then I'd bike to a meeting and then I'd bike home and I'd do it again but every other day. you got super fit. Every day. Yeah. yeah. I soon became a cycling instructor after that. <laughs> really? <laughs> no joke. That was my first fitness job. That's great. Is I was a cycling instructor. That was the job. That was the job. Well, I worked for a candle company and okay. then I started doing cycling um, okay, like wow. twice a week. Yeah. And when did you decide to become a yoga teacher? Yeah. So someone, again, I didn't see that in myself. Someone saw it in me and was like, let me, let me help you. You can't afford to do this, but like, I see the way that it's changing you and how it's holding you and how important it is to you. And I'd like to pay for your yoga teacher training. Yeah. Wow. And gosh, I had to have so many conversations of like, is it okay to allow someone to do that for me? I don't want to ask. I need to do this on my own two feet. And everyone was like, no, you accept that help. You accept that help because it's good for you right now. And so I did. And again, I entered that training not thinking I wanted to be a yoga teacher. It was just like, it was an opportunity and I loved the practice. And so I was like, let me just do it. And then sure enough, you know, they were like, you're actually kind of good at this. You're okay at this. And so I started <laughs> teaching part-time. I still had the job at the candle company and quit cycling to, to teach a couple times a week um, after work. And then one day I was at a place that offered hit and yoga and the yoga instructor said, 
um, why are you only taking HIT classes? Aren't you a yoga teacher? Don't you teach yoga? And I said, yeah, but I, I could do yoga for free where I teach. So why am I going to, I don't want to yeah. pay money to take, I'll pay money to do what I can't do for free. And she was like, actually, I'm looking for a substitute yoga teacher. And I was like, yeah, I'll audition to be a sub because then I can now do everything here for free yeah. if I start working for you. That's how my mind worked, right? Because I was so broke. Yeah. And so I auditioned and she stopped me like maybe three minutes in. And you're like, oh, no, I suck so much. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she was like, I want you full time. Oh, wow. Yeah. She was like, I have chills. I want you full time. Can you make that happen? I guess. Like, I was like, can I, I need to think about this. I need to work out the finances. Yeah. So I, I put pen to paper and I was like, okay, I need to teach this many classes a week, making this amount of money. Okay. Maybe I could have a private client or two. And it was like, okay, I have to teach 27 classes a week. Oh my goodness. That's a, how many is that a day? Mm -hmm. That's a lot of freaking classes. And I said, yes. I said, yeah, let me, okay. I said, I'll give myself a year. And mm. if I'm not burnt out, if I can make it work financially, and if I like it, yeah, I'll give myself one calendar year, but I'm not going to give up before that Okay, yeah. to give it a fair chance. And then everything just unfolded from there. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And soon enough, the owner of that facility was like, you are running around like a chicken with your head off. Yeah. Because I was at like four different studios to get those 27 classes. Yeah. Plus, I found some private clients. So he was like, you are running around like a chicken with your head off. What do you need from us to only be here? Yeah. And so I was just like, well, all he can say is no. So mm -hmm. I said, this is how much money I need to make. Yeah. And he said, done. Quit your other jobs. <laughs> and I said, okay. All right. Yeah. What a beautiful story. Yeah. It was wild. Wild story. Wild. But, you know, powerful in that like when opportunity comes, don't be scared. And I was scared and I had to have other people tell me like, yeah, it's okay. The fear is valid, but like give yourself a chance to do something beautiful in life if you want to do it and you don't know until you try, you know? And so I try and live by that. It's like, you know, with pivot, there's opportunity. So like what opportunity is here that I can like rise up to meet? And I might have to work extra hard. I might have to teach 27 classes. I might have to do this. But like, is it going to be worth it? Hell yes. And you've, you've done it before. And I've done it before. And it's been harder before. Yeah. You know, it, doing all of that and, and being a lot more, you know, just like new to the sober game at that time. Like that was so hard. You lived in a halfway house. Like yeah. let's realize the difficulty of just like what you had to do to survive and like not only did you survive like there was one opportunity after a next that like kind of like wow what a full circle of what we were talking about at the beginning like you didn't know what the end game was you you couldn't even think about it it was just like sure this next step sounds great and i guess i'll do that and then oh that brought you another next step and like okay i guess i'll do that yeah yeah and, you know, and things change and at any moment. Yeah. It's like opportunity comes forward and you're like, do I want to do this? Do I not? What feels authentic to me? And sometimes you don't know what's authentic yeah. until you're in the middle of it. And you do it. You and then you're it. like, that's not me. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I was at some of these places for a couple years until I got to the point of like, okay, I've grown. 
I'm a different person. This is beautiful. It's been beautiful. And that's not me anymore. So I'm going to say goodbye to this and I'm going to open myself to something else. Mm -hmm. And it's always scary and it's always risky. But like I always tell myself, you always land on your feet, Kate. Mm -hmm. You always do because you're still standing and you're still sober and you can do this. You know, but not unless you don't give it a try, yeah. not unless you don't give it a shot. And, you know, I've just all the times in my life where I should have been knocked down, all the times in my life where I should have, quite frankly, died and I didn't. It just keeps telling me there's something more and there's something bigger and I'm meant to be here still. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I'm going to keep going until I figure out what it is. And the yoga studio was apparently not it. That was the universe saying like wrong way. No, not, not it. No. Nope. Not it. W- you didn't get the message on the first <laughs> flood? <laughs> I'm like, what is it? Gonna- yeah. Like, what is the message? Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. And, you know, after that second flood, I'm like, okay, that's it. Yeah. Like, this I fully is, understand. You know, um, right. and for many other reasons. But, you know, I'm just... When things like that hit you, it's just like, pause. What do I need? What's my next right step after I cry? (laughs) And how can I show up to meet it? And it's not always going to be perfect. It's going to be messy as hell. But like, that's where all the magic is, is in the mess, right? I look back at these chapters of my life of like, lacing up to run nine miles with holes in my shoes and like standing outside of this yoga studio where everyone was wearing perfect matching yoga sets and I have like holes in my shoes and mismatched shorts and like not even yoga clothes, you know, and like that was so messy, but it was one of the most beautiful chapters of my life. Beyond. I was so broke, but I was so fucking happy. It wasn't, you know, I was so concerned about finances all the time because I had I had to be because I was stubborn and I needed to stand on my own two feet. I needed to not take charity from family or whatever it was. It was just something that I knew was going to help with my sobriety. I didn't want to feel like I owed anybody. I already owed so many people apologies and amends that I was like, I can't take more. No, no more guilt. No more. Yeah. I've got to do this on my own. And those were the most fulfilling years of my life, you know? And in, in, in 10 years, I'll look back and I'll probably say the same thing about this moment and this lesson. And right now it's hard to see, but I know it's there. I know it's coming and I can't wait for that moment. Um, and it, so much is going to happen in between all of that at the same time. One day at a time. And like the amount of resiliency that you've built up and just like, undeniable proof that you will be okay. Cause that's the, the scary part is like, will I be okay? But like you said, like, you're like, well, I've been through worse shit, like literally broke, no job rehab in a trailer, halfway house closed. And like you were okay. I was okay. I and was okay. so it's like, yeah. Like with the, you mentioned, like you didn't get the message after the first flood. It's kind of like, at what point do we are, do we decide like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to listen to the, to right. the signs, even though like we're stubborn and we push and we're like, well, this was the plan and that's Correct. what I wanted. And, like, let's make it work. Like at what point would, if you had all the cards you have now a year ago, would you have said no? Right. And like understanding that and having to be true to yourself 
you know, and, and that was one of the main things that I wrestled with was not giving up versus right. Like when is the right time? When is it okay to say like enough? I can't do this anymore. Cause I didn't want to come off as like for myself, not for anyone else. Yeah. I was worried about what other people would say. I'm a human being. I have an ego. Yeah. So yes, that was part of it. But more importantly, like, am I going to be able to live with myself giving up? You have to give it your full shot. I had to give it my full yeah. shot and know I exhausted all of the efforts. And today I can sit here and say that I I did. Yeah. I did. And, you know, it was like after the first flood, I was like, absolutely. This is going to make me stronger. I'm mm-hmm. learning so much about business. And yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Let's do it again. Here we go. And then after that second time and it was 10 times worse and, you know, issues with the city and the landlord and everything, all those conversations that no one else knows but me. Yeah. I think about the the literal definition of the word insanity and it's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And if I would have stayed in that space after the second flood and just let them patch up the walls again, it literally would have been insane of me to do. Yeah. Because nothing was changing. Yeah. Or and it wouldn't have. Nothing was changing. Patch that up, paint that, go again. No. Rinse due on the first. It's not fair to me. It's not fair to my staff. It's not fair to my community, right? It's like healing is it's, it's a consistent practice. And if I can't give a consistent space or a safe space, what am I doing? What am I doing? Like a reliable home. Yeah, because the more emotional turmoil and financial turmoil that continue to put me under – I wasn't going to be able to show up for people. Yeah. You were always going to be worried too. Anytime Every time it, it, it rains. Exactly. A damn rainstorm, not even a hurricane. It just wasn't fair. So, yeah. you know, it's just like, all right, next chapter. Yeah. Next. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's let's figure it out. All right. Got to close that one. Right. Right. But yeah, we always find a way. We always find a way. And, you know, I certainly haven't done it alone. I've had... Same thing, right? Like, is it okay to let someone help me? That's a hard thing to allow help and love. Especially um, and like support. as we get older and we're, we're business owners and we're yeah. like, did I really do it? Was it really me if I had help? I got so much help from the community after the first, you know, before the studio was even built, people were like, let us help build this. Yeah. And I had to say yes because I couldn't do it. Like I said, like pulling the finances together to even do it in the first place was insane like a penny and so from there, messy. Quarter from there, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I got declined from the banks and the lenders, and so when the community said, "Let us help," I said, "Okay," because this is a space for all of us. Mm-hmm. And after the first flood, when the community said, "Let us help," I said, "Okay, <laughs> all right, yeah." You know, and after the second flood, when people were like, "Set up a GoFundMe," I said, "No." Because that is immoral. That feels immoral to me to ask for money for a space that yeah. isn't functional. Yeah. And at this point, it's, again, it's my responsibility and I'm going to do it and I got it. Yeah. And energetically, let me give you something to help, right, for you to continue to give to my business because I'm not just going to take your money for something now. Yeah. Right? So, like, let me put out some magic retreats trainings so that like my heart feels like at the end of the day, I did everything I could to stand on my own two feet. 
but it's not without help. It's still asking yeah. for help, but feeling like, okay, it's energetically equal. Yeah. I'm giving you something and you're investing in me still. You yeah. Know? I mean, what a beautiful story. Yeah. I mean, I think we all have a story, you know, and that's what mine sounds like. I mean, and that's just a, that's a blip on the radar yeah. of my full story. You know, that's another thing I love about these retreats is just like being able to sit in community and people actually sharing their stories. Mm-hmm. Because when we're caught up in this every day of like, got to go to work, got to go to, yeah. you know, get my green juice and got to go to yoga and got to <laughs> go to this and chiropractor and PT or whatever it is. Life is so full. When's the last time you sat in your everyday life and heard someone's story? Like I, I love this podcast and I've I've loved it for the past oh, well, yeah. hour. I'm like, what's happening out there? I don't know. Like, what time is it? I don't know. Like, yeah. I've just gotten to hear this amazing person's story. And like, that feels like an honor. They're like, I just get to hear all of these amazing, passionate people's stories. Yeah. And like, share that with other people. Yeah. It is always, people are like, wait, it's been an hour? I'm like, yeah, keep going. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it flies. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, you do get to do that. And what a gift. Yeah. You get to hear all. Because there's always a story. Yeah, there's it's always a story. Like, we all think like, oh, you know, that that person just like didn't have obstacles or like they did it so well. They did it so easily. And like every single person that I talk to and like I love that I get to talk with like I say small businesses, but like that doesn't mean it's small. It's just like we're not corporate. You right. know, we're locally Charleston owned. Like it's so cool to hear. There's always so many pivots. There's always so many obstacles. There's always so many. Oh, I believed in myself or someone believed in me. And I think like when you're doing it when you're in the day-to-day, when you're in the monotony, you're, you feel really alone and you feel like no one else feels the way that I do. Um, I'm the only one struggling. You compare. And that's the thing with social media. Like I compare, look how, look where they are. She's my age. Look what she's doing. And when you just sit down with people and you talk and you relate and you hear their stories, it's, it's very energizing. Yeah. And it's like, we all have the same we're all doing this for a reason. We all want to make others' lives better with our life. Like that's right. why we're doing what we're doing. And then you just realize like you find your tribe and you feel connected and like you feel a little bit energized to to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. So, so thank you for giving that to me Oh my gosh, today. thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, of course. I mean, no better way to spend a, a Monday afternoon. Right? Like, I know. It's so great. What a start to the And week. now I have, I feel like I have like a, a lifelong friend. Exactly. Like we have a connection now. And yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I am very interested in these retreats. It just sounds amazing. Oh, good. I'll yeah. have to have you. Yeah. They're good. special. Thank you so much. Kate. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. All those links to the retreats are in the show notes below if you're looking to connect with Kate. Otherwise, please follow us on Instagram at Healthy Charleston to stay in the know with new episodes. Otherwise, have a great week.